You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. You're listening to The Sports Fix. Hi, I am here. Tom is here. Aaron is here. And the show is presented by Window Nation as it is every day. If you're in the market for Windows, call 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them we told you to call. Uh, We're a little bit late getting the show out this morning, in part because we had to wait about 25 minutes for Tom to be prepared physically to do this show. He's been coughing. He's been making weird noises, uh, stomach-related noises. And I think you're now ready uh, after we just had uh, about a 20-minute wait for you. Listen, 25 I th- minute wait I, for I you. think there's something in this studio. In fact, I think I'm co- going to call OSHA and ask for an investigation. Oh, God, remember those days? Yeah. <laughs> the, studio, the studio that we worked in was dangerous at times. Well, it was real dangerous for you because you used to smash your head on the speaker all the time. There was a big speaker that hung down from the ceiling. And if you were taller than six foot one, six foot two, you had to duck when you walked in that general area. And I'll never forget, Tommy, you were there, I think. <clears throat> I concussed myself. Oh, on I that. Th- I'm surprised you didn't <clears throat> collapse. I knocked, I walked into that thing. I turned and walked into that thing so hard. And it was one of those, you know, seeing stars yeah. for a quick and then asking you, what just happened? <laughs> Um, so CTE, if I get CTE down the road, uh, I'm going after. You should have sued. We should have sued. We should have sued them for everything. Should have sued the Redskins. They, they yeah, Snyder's we should, company. We should have sued them just on, but, on principle. But Tommy was always, Tommy's the big liberal, you know, let's get management. <laughs> let's own this thing with any little thing they've done wrong. Uh, I'm less litigious when it comes to things like that. Uh, but I think we've got a pretty nice studio here. I don't know what you could be allergic well, to th- other th- than me. I think there's something going on here. So I think, uh, you know. You feeling all right? Yeah, I'm feeling fine Can we now. do the show? Let's rock and roll, baby. All right. Um, you know that regular season NHL isn't my thing. Never has been. Probably never will be. I like the playoffs a lot. Um, but I don't, as you know, watch much hockey in November, December, right. or January. Well, last night, I did. Well, you picked a good night. The Wizards repulsed me so much. Actually, let me rephrase. John Wall in particular, on Tuesday night against the Hawks, and last night to start the game, repulsed me so much that I turned it to NBC Sports Network to watch the Caps and the Pens. And from the moment I turned on that station, that network, the intensity of that game popped through the television, Tommy, so much I couldn't turn it off. Plus, I love Doc Emmerich when he calls a game. He's the best. I love me some Joe B. and Locker. Of course you do. Uh, but we get them every night. Doc Emmerich was on the call last night. And this was a this was a rivalry game. And you know what? I was thinking about this. And somebody tweeted it out. It may have been JP. So I'll give him credit. I, I didn't go back and I think it was. This. I think about, it was About JP. where this fits in on the rivalry scale That's of sports. Right. So it was JP. Yeah. He... This is really and truly the only rivalry we have in this town now, right now, today, that feels like a rivalry and matters like a rivalry should in championship ways. A hundred percent. The last three Stanley Cups were won by these two teams. That game last night was awesome. And, And another quick note about it. Typical of hockey, and I don't know how you felt, uh, it seemed to me that 
typical of hockey, the better team lost the game last night. You know, and I don't even know what the the game was statistically. If it was one-sided in the Caps' favor, that's irrelevant to me because watching it, it felt like the Caps had so many more legit scoring chances, and the puck just hit the post or was barely cleared from crossing the line no, you're by right. it a was, Pittsburgh defensive. In a way, defenseman. it was a very frustrating game. Yeah. Because of, of opportunities. I mean, I'm used to watching hockey and understanding that the results are often determined by this random puck luck. Right. The intensity of that game, the fight early on, the physical nature of that game, you could feel the hatred among the teams, the importance of the game. I loved it. And I, they're not playing again until March. Um, and hopefully they'll play in the spring. I want to see them play the Penguins. But for sports entertainment purposes last night Tommy that was high level sports entertainment yeah let me just point out it's 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 harder than ever to believe that the same guy owns both teams the Capitals and the Wizards it's it's really hard to believe sometimes that Ted Leonsis owns both teams because you couldn't have a, a more stark contrast and I, I know there's all kinds of reasons why but uh look uh I got to give Todd Reardon credit. I mean, he's got the Capitals playing great hockey. Ovechkin is is so interesting right now because you have a guy who probably in some ways wasted the best, not wasted, but the prime years, the prime year, not wasted, but didn't get the most out of his prime years because he was a young guy who liked to have fun. You know, he was a fun-loving guy. He wasn't a bad guy. You know, it wasn't like he was getting in trouble or anything. But he probably didn't maximize his NHL career during his prime years. But he was so good, he was still compelling to watch. Now, with the wisdom of age, with maturity, with a family, with the taste of what it feels like to be a champion... He sort of like put the brakes on on the old Ovechkin, but what that's done is you're you're getting a smarter, better version of maybe what you would. I can't even quite explain what, it, it. Are you is Riggins an analogy? It, it might be. I don't know if Riggins ever put the brakes on. No, on anything. No, but Riggins's best years where he figured it out finally. Yeah, were his. In his 30s. Yeah. Like, I've heard people discuss this, and I don't feel qualified to discuss Ovechkin when he was 24 compared to, or 23 compared to Ovechkin 10 years later. But I've heard people say, you know, there is in that sport, and you see a lot of longevity in that sport. For as physical as that sport is, you see a lot of long careers. Yes. You know, careers. I'm not talking about quarterback kicker careers. I'm talking about guys that are skating, and this is a physical sport, that are playing well into their mid to late 30s, 40s in, in, in some cases. I mean, hell. I mean, we've seen players play until they're 50, you know? Um, in that sport, but that they there's a figuring out of how to play it and how to play it the right way that takes a lot of time. It's all, it's. I mean, as I'm speaking to you and saying this, it's like the quarterback position in some ways in the NFL. I'm not saying his position. I'm just saying there is a maturity required and a number of you know experiences that you have to have before you figure it out. Like actual experience that seemed to be the case with him and i think that the taste of i think in the last couple of years the pressure 
of not having the championship was weighing on him. And I think like I think part of what happened last year, and you know, you there was this infamous meeting where Barry Trotz went to Russia uh and and uh for some other business and met with Ovechkin and pretty much told him that, you know, you're gonna be defined not by all the all your great regular seasons, but by what you haven't done in the postseason. That seemed really to hit home with him, maybe with the gray hair that he was seeing in in the mirror in the mornings. But after getting a taste of that championship, he seems to we may see the best of Ovechkin well, we, moving forward. Well, we just did see the best in terms of uh, a consecutive game point yes, streak, yeah. which ended last night. So I mean, which is pretty remarkable because it's not his peak years, right? But he's so talented that even a, a lesser, even an older Ovechkin under control may be more productive than a younger out of control uh, at his peak. Physically, Ovechkin. How about some of the shots he was ripping there at the end? You know, to try to tie that thing up when they went with you know, when they pulled uh, Holtby. I, I can't. I still can't believe some of their their attempts didn't go in. But um, but that's hockey. Uh, yeah, he's he is a compelling watch for a sports fan. Not you don't have to be a hockey fan. I still think that the best part of last June for me was Ovechkin winning the cup and seeing his personal journey of and understanding the pressure and the 10,000-pound gorilla that had been on his back and all of the naysayers and all of and the fact that he was, you know, the window for him actually getting it done <clears throat> I thought or a lot of people thought that we were coming to the close of that window at the beginning of last year even in the, in last year's postseason and to see his excitement and relief and joy um, over winning the cup. That was the most thrilling part yeah, of it, it was. for me. And I think most sports fans that weren't cap, you know, diehard cap fans. It was the best celebration we've seen in recent memory. Oh, in, in terms in, of in winning all a championship. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, a a absolutely. And you know what, what also came clear but it, it, because it was a great story. Yes. Everybody can identify with the guy. I mean, imagine if Patrick Ewing had finally won a title or Charles Barkley had finally won a title. I'm thinking about, you know, the guys, M M Marino. What if Marino, remember how people cheered, not even Elway fans or Denver Bronco fans, when Elway finally won the Super Bowl? Yes. You know, was that was the analogy that I made last June, because I think that was the one that was the closest, was Ovechkin to Elway. Imagine if Marino at 37 years old, 38 years old, 39 years old, had finally won a Super Bowl. It's that... It, it it really the the people that come up short uh, on winning but nothing else when they finally get over the hump it's always a great story yeah it, it is uh, something else that came through last night was uh, the the rivalry between uh, Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin is real did you see the interview that uh, yes. Pierre did with Crosby at the yeah. end of that game yeah yeah it's it's, it's real. Uh, where they had the exchange where Crosby said to Ovechkin, "Why don't you find Alexiak?" Yeah, and uh, and Ovi said to him, "Why don't you fight me?" Yeah, you know. <laughs> so 
Wilson took care of of that dude pretty quickly. Yeah, now, mean, that uh, was a punch. Yes. Did you see the interview with Wilson after the game? No, I didn't see that. So I'm going to paraphrase here, but essentially he said, "Look, this is hockey, and I hope he's okay. And it's it's unfortunate when it ends the way it ended, but it's hockey." He threw his gloves. It was clear that we both agreed that this was going to happen. I love that part of hockey. I never want that part of hockey to go away. I, I'm serious. That, to me, watching that, I want, I'd want. i love to see that at least once a game. I don't care about the purists or the people that say it somehow diminishes the sport or turns people off of it. I totally disagree with that. I think your average sports fan loves that. I'm not going to speak for the average sports fan. I love that part of the game. But, Kevin... I miss that part of the game, not the fighting. I miss the physical big hits of the NFL. I, I love that about hockey. That's that's the part of the game that's always going to keep it fourth tier. Because you need more than Why? the average fan in order to compete. And hockey is never going to have that. I think, I think many of the average fans like that but and you, don't you want it more. legislated out. You need more than the average fan. This is why you're always you're, you're going to survive on your core and nothing else because Tommy, of this. Tommy, this sport's never going to compete with the other it's, three it's, major it's sports. It's never going to have a, champ, a chance to as long as they've got that kind of stuff Legislating out it. of it is not going to help it, oh, I think it rise, absolutely to, rise to those levels. I think it absolutely... Look, Kevin, what if in the NFL... Would you like it in the NFL if at, at, at one point during a game, two guys on uh, who, who have been going against each other on the field all of a sudden were allowed to take their helmets off and duke it out? Well, would I, you like that? Well, I went penalty. I went flat. Won it flag, but in a rivalry game. You want that? I used to love no, the Cowboys no, and Redskins no, and some I of those mean, rivalry games. I mean, the people referees were dropping gloves. The referees get out of the way. Two guys take off their helmets and they punch each other for twenty seconds. <laughs> in baseball, same thing. Would I you love like base- that? I love baseball brawls. This, this is absurd. No, it's not. This I, is I, absurd. I, you can't tell me that. This is what why some, hockey's always going to be a bottom rung sport. In this country, it's why TV's never going to embrace it. A great punch and, by and, Wilson. And, and and well, it's it's absurd that that's that's allowed. It was. A great I mean, punch. that's assault, Kevin. If he did that on the street, oh god, he'd be he arrested. He would. Yes, he would. But they weren't on the street, were they? No, they weren't. I didn't think so. They were in. They, they were on ice. Right. Make and, and the point of the game a, is not to fight. It's it, not boxing. It's, actually, it's not mixed martial it's arts. It's actually quite amazing that he. That some of the fighting that you can connect so cleanly on a punch when you're on skates. He, uh, I think it's absurd. I, I think it's an absurd part. It's, and, a, it's a subjective thing, Tommy. You don't well, like I, it. You know what? I, I like it. You know, it, it might be a subjective thing, but that kind of violence where it's not the definitive reason that the sport exists, unlike boxing or mixed martial arts, seems absurd to me. It adds a little flavor to it, to me. I, I, I prefer to see at least one of those... A night, and when it happens in other sports, a, a, a baseball brawl. Sometimes those things are entertaining as hell to watch. Yeah, but they don't do anyone any good. Um, that's they don't do anyone. Any, I didn't Kevin, say, I, it's I, time to evolve <laughs> as a human being. Okay, okay. Thanks, Dad. It's time to start evolving. Well, a you know what? Bit. I did evolve last night. I watched something much better than what I use, <laughs> what I typically would have watched last night, which were the Wizards. I watched enough of it to know what happened. You know that Houston set an NBA mark last night with 26 threes. Yes. They made 26 of 55. At one point, they were 24 of 48. 
That's 50% and, and on you know, threes. The hardest part is they were able to do it with the tough defense the Wizards play. <laughs> they, they don't like defense much. Um, John Wall in particular, he really is not a big fan of defense. John Wall has always been a bad technique, bad form defender, a low IQ defender, and more often than not has chosen not to give enough effort to be effective, even if he were technically good as a defensive player, which he isn't. It's time, Tommy, for John Wall to either sit because he's hurt, all right, maybe he's hurt, or be dealt because he doesn't care to be here. Have you seen some of the memes and some of the videos going around with him just standing and watching last night? He, I, I saw it against Atlanta the other night when Jeremy Lin had five layups in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Five. These weren't uh, fast break layups. They were half-court offensive set layups last night. Um, James Harden is un- unguardable. I'm not going to act like anybody can check James Harden because they can't. And Chris Paul's nearly uncheckable at times too. But nothing is as unprofessional as his effort has been in two consecutive games. And what makes it unprofessional more than anything else, Tommy, is that he had the game and the effort that he had against the Lakers on Sunday night. So when you he know cared. so when you he know cared. he cared Sunday night because they're playing LeBron and they're playing the Lakers. And he's capable of performing at a higher level, but apparently only when it suits his personal whims. Did you hear what your boy said after the game? I did. Trevor Reese after the game said about their defense. Where is it? I'll paraphrase. I can't find the quote. Well, basically, Uh, he used that word. Effort. Effort. Yeah, he said, right. Yeah, uh, on the defense thing, it really, it's just not good enough effort right now. Didn't take him long (laughs) to figure it out. Nope, absolutely. He's got this post-game script down pat. He's going to hate that he got traded. Yes, of course he is. He's going to hate. And I don't. I, you know, he still could get traded again by the trading deadline. Well, maybe they can package him and John up together. John Wall embarrassed himself last night and the night before, and he's done it a lot this year. And if he's hurt, if he's hurt, sit him. If he's got personal issues that we don't know about, get him help. But if I own the team or if I was the general manager, I would go to my coach, Scott Brooks, and say, it is your responsibility to get him to give proper professional effort. And if you can't and you don't sit him, you're fired. That's As an owner, I would go to my general manager and my coach and I would have a three-minute meeting. His effort defensively the last two nights is unprofessional on every level. And we are paying him an extraordinary sum of money. Your job as the coach is to get him to play with effort. And if he doesn't play with effort and you don't bench him, as a consequence, you're fired. But you know Period. the gen- but you know the track record of the general manager will backstab the coach who does that. I knew you'd he's, say that. But he's done it every time. I know. He did it with Gilbert and Eddie Jordan. He did it with Flip Saunders and Andre Bloch when both of those guys tried to discipline those players. And then the next day they had to go up there and say, Oh, they're gonna play anyway. You know, and and and, and Ernie would do the same thing with John Wall. I know. And the owner seems not to be interested or frightened to 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 force both of them. Say it. Say to what get you want the, the owner to do. Page. He needs to sell the team. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to sell the team. Kevin, <laughs> John Wall has no respect for the coach and won't listen to anything he says. No, there's no question about that. Right. You know, remember when I was telling you, you know, I know everybody hates Randy Whitman, and I know the players don't really relate to him, and I know he doesn't have great personality. But that dude can coach. 
And I, I remember getting pushed back from some of the writers in town. What are you talking about? I'm like, uh, ask any basketball person. They'll tell you Randy Whitman can coach. I remember uh, at a game one night, I'm walking into the parking lot underneath where where I had media parking. <laughs> where you never, where, where you where never, they don't let me go. Where they don't let you go for some reason. And I'm walking. Um, uh, I get on the elevator with JT three. And he just happened to have been at the game, and uh, we're having a conversation walking out of the parking lot. And he just said, "Did you see some of the 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 plays, the out of bounds plays that Randy Whitman drew up?" He said, "I I he said something to to the to the extent of I, I told my wife to record the game because I'm going to copy all of them." He's like, "He's so good at some of that stuff," and I'm like, "Yeah, he he knows what he's doing." But you know, in the NBA, you've got to be more than just an X's and O's coach. You know, you've got to relate to the players. You got to be a guy that the players like, I guess. I don't know. They should have hired Tibbs. That was the guy that I wanted to hire. Of course. A guy that would have structure and discipline, you know. But you know what? Tibbs would never work for Ernie. Scott Brooks is a nice guy. Um, and he was able to get away with sort of a summer league approach to basketball, offensive basketball in particular in Oklahoma City because he had two elite players. He doesn't have two elite well, players in Washington. He didn't have any choice. Well, that may be true. And, I mean, and, Russell Westbrook does what Russell Westbrook wants to do. But let, let's be clear about this. John Wall is not an elite player at the level no, that Scott not. Brooks has oh, coached before. No, he's not. Um, they suck defensively. Markeith Morris, too, was in particular was look, looked completely disinterested last night. Um, but they suck defensively already, but they suck more when Wall's in the game defensively. I mean, they're an embarrassment. They're an embarrassment to the franchise. They're an embarrassment to the city. They should be embarrassing to the owner who promised that he was going to uh, be more transparent with strategy with the fans. Boy, that ship has sailed, hasn't it? You mean- All you hear from Ted now is about, you know, how he's the next Ace Rothstein. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I talked about that yesterday because there was some video w- with him talking about how, hey, this is great, legal gambling in D.C. Get ready, everybody. You're, you're going to be able to make a living doing this. <laughs> um, the uh, I, By the way, on that real quickly, because I said something yesterday during that. I, I'm, I'm getting off track here, but... I said about card counting that it's illegal. You're right, everybody that that tweeted me, and I appreciate it. I know it's not illegal. It's just frowned upon, and if they find you doing it, you're not going to be able to gamble in that you're casino. Gonna wind, you're going to wind but, up in a vice yeah, with but, your eyeballs popping but, out. But you're, but but of course, it's not illegal. And I and I and I did know that, and I just I, I misstated that. It's but, against casino rules. Yeah. So. Um, so let's no, let's just Ace, stick to gambling real quick. Ace Rothstein. Ace Rothstein. You know it's funny. You know Ted, he, Ted is upset uh, about the the new DC law because it just uh, allows the DC lottery to be the mobile app that that you know that where it allows you to bet. It doesn't let other entrepreneurs come to town and run their apps as part of of the program. I now, know, like like DraftKings, right? Which Ted has money in. I, did, I actually didn't know that. And I didn't know that he was upset yes. about the D.C. Yeah, lottery. He, he's, I mentioned, up, he's upset about that. I mentioned he's yesterday. he's upset that, that they haven't let them in. And it's important to point out that Ted has money in DraftKings. No uh, wonder he's upset. Well, I, look, he will. Th- there will be benefit uh, for Ted and for the learners um, and anybody else that has an arena in town. Because you're going to be able to pay a fee 
to make it available in your arena. $250,000 for five years. Nothing. I know. I mean, that's nothing. Kevin, you and I can get one. We open up a retail business. $5,000 for two years. I did see that. But see, Tommy, I I mean, I'd like to see the economics of the relationship. (laughs) Not the relationship with you if we were to do this together. What I'm saying is you're not going to benefit from people gambling uh, directly meaning when you know when when Harry Jones loses a hundred bucks on the Redskins plus 10 on Saturday you, you're as the retailer you're not going to participate in that you're gonna participate this is what I I don't know this I don't know what the relationship is but my guess is you're going to participate by getting incremental business, by offering gambling at Capital One Arena or at Nats Park or at a restaurant in town and, and being able to promote the fact that you can gamble and watch games and you know everything else that the, the arena or the restaurant offers, it's going to give you a chance to generate more business. That They're not going to participate as, in the house's money, in, in, in the D.C., uh, gaming commission's take on this, on the city's take on this. I don't, I don't the think city, so. The city, I think, is going to get twenty five percent. I think that's their take. So there's still 20, a lot of money left. Twenty five percent of what? The gross or the net? I don't. I'd like to. I haven't. Look at. There's a lot. That, there's a lot that nobody knows yet. I haven't explored. The, well, the, fairly, there's well, they're going to have to make that clearly yeah. available. That's yeah, going to be a matter of, of public Kevin, information, if, right? $5,000. Oh, it's nothing. Let's get a license, yeah. baby. Let's open up a sports book. Yeah, but, yeah, but Come it, on. Put it, put it in chatter. Yeah. yeah. But then Kevin we, and Tom's sports book. Come we got, on. But then we got to find somebody to run it because you and I aren't running it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I don't know. I always dreamed of being Rick from Casablanca. <laughs> I always dreamed of that. Um, I, 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 could run, I could run a sports book. It's, uh, you know, I, I said to Aaron yesterday, this isn't. This may be for me. I doubt it is for the people that already bet illegally and have. This uh, it doesn't matter to me that DC got gambling. I mean, it, I, but it will matter when you go to when you go to a game. No, it won't. Yes, you will. You'll, I can bet at a game right now if I want. Yeah, to. I know that. But when you're at a game, then you'll tend to bet. I, when I'm at a game, I tend to bet anyway, <laughs> and I have. <laughs> I mean. I think I, I there well. Was, if your wife goes to the game with you, she might bet. Well, now. I'm just you, that. That's the best is when your wife or your girlfriend's also a better. Um, who who did I have this conversation with? Oh, Michael Jenkins. Who I actually really like Michael Jenkins over at NBC Sports Washington. He and I did something together uh, like two or three weeks ago, and it was sort of gambling related. And he told me that his wife bets, and I was just fascinated with that. <laughs> and probably asked him about 15 to 20 questions. My wife doesn't even like sports. Neither she, is mine. Yeah, I mean, Kara doesn't even understand. She, she watches the three boys and I sit there and watch games, and she just she still doesn't understand it now, after me, all these years. She thinks g- it's a complete waste of time. Let me give you one revelation yeah. that, uh, that we weren't doing this together when this happened. And it, it speaks to the power of what the Capitals did last year with the Stanley Cup. You know, my wife got into it. She doesn't like any sports. She likes going to baseball games live during the day when the sun's out because she likes to sit in the sun. Right. Other than that, she's not particularly interested. When's the last time you took her to a baseball game? Well, we usually, I usually go with my son and, and her once a year. Okay. We usually go at least together once a year. Uh, last year, she was watching Caps. Vegas final games by herself. 
Kara watched, watched that too. Kara watched that too. That was she stunning. Did. Yeah, she <laughs> she watched the Caps in that in those final you know yeah. in that final game in yeah. Game Five in Vegas. She was texting me during the game. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm at you know Capital One Arena and, and right. she's texting me, you "Want a goal?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we should ask them what they think about fighting, <laughs> what they thought about the game last night. Uh, let me do this quick read for Window Nation, and we'll get to some Redskins stuff, including the Monte Nicholson video uh, from yesterday. Window Nation right now is offering their triple zero sale. Zero down payment, zero payments, and zero interest until 2020. But that's not all. Window Nation's triple zero sale is a triple deal. You'll also get $200 off every window, any size, any style. And with a whole house order of windows, Window Nation will pay your heating bill until the new windows are installed. You'll save hundreds, even thousands of dollars right now. And who knows how much more with energy savings and higher home value for you years to come. Window Nation windows give the greatest gift, an inviting, warm, cozy, comfortable home. So visit windownation.com today for the triple zero sale, zero down payment, zero payments, and zero in- zero interest for 12 full months and $200 off each window, no minimum purchase required. Plus, Window Nation will pay your heating bill until the new windows are installed. You'll save today, save tomorrow, save forever. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. That's 866-90-NATION or shopwindownation.com and tell them we told you to call. Uh, Did you see the Monte Nicholson video? Yes, I did. Okay, so this is what I thought about when I thought about this conversation with you today. Some kind of juvenile thing, I know. I I thought somehow you are going to connect this back to organizational dysfunction. Well, Kevin, it's it's only connected in the sense that people can't forget everything. I'll give you an example. It's a hell of a punch, wasn't it? Uh, it, it? It was a hell of a not as good as Tom Wilson's. Not as good as Wilson's. <laughs> but but it was it was it was a pretty good shot. Uh, you know, my boss at WJFK, uh, Chris Kynard, had tweeted after the Redskins won against Jacksonville how they needed that 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 win for just more than the win. The the team needed something positive to happen, given all the negative. And I, I responded back, it felt like there was a sinkhole under the building, and this kind of props it up, at least for another week, providing nothing stupid happens this week. Of course, something was going to happen. And, and sure enough... It's so predictable. I mean, so so it's the aura of self-destruction. Is that not a thing now? Is that not a a, a true thing? It is a thing. It's been a thing. Okay, you're right. Yes. So, of course, by itself, (laughs) it's not connected to anything. It's a rogue player getting drunk at 2 in the morning and getting in a fight. But it doesn't exist by itself. No, but but self-inflicted stuff like Ruben signing Ruben Foster seventy-two hours after his second domestic violence yes. uh, issue in less than a year—that is, that's a direct link to stupid to stupidity. Yes, it does. And but dysfunction, it, but it opens you up to everything else that happened since then. I mean, again, you you they have earned their reputation. Well, it's like we talked about this a few weeks ago. I think we did. God, I'm forgetting what we talked about a few weeks ago all the time now. But remember when we did the show together and we would sit there, you know, after show preparing for the next day's show. And if we didn't have a lot, we would just say to each other, the Redskins will do something stupid today and we'll have that to talk about. Yeah. And it really, 
it didn't happen all the time, but within a week it usually happened. Something they would do, football-wise, off-the-field-wise, winning-off-the-field-wise, would be stupid, and we'd have content. And if you um, think this is just... I'm glad this... I'm glad they immediately put him on this, you know, reserve non-football injury list, rather than... I mean, first of all, he's not even playing. Right. You know, he's not even taking defensive snaps, because, you know, Bruce Allen wants HaHa Clinton Dix to play, because they traded, he uh, traded, for, traded him. for him. But I... Uh, he's... Uh, I, I mean... Look... Uh, some people said they should have cut him immediately. The only reason you would do that is to, A, send a message to either your fan base that we're not going to tolerate this kind of behavior or to send that message to your locker room that, you know, we have certain standards and this isn't one of them, except everybody would laugh in their face. Right. I mean, there's, there, this team is so beyond messages this team is so beyond symbols. Like, you're trying to change the coach. You know, the only reason to do that, let's say there was a new coach that got hired two weeks ago, and this happened. Then, if you're the new coach, you do cut that guy. Right. Because you say, this this is not the way we're doing business around here. But now, this group, I mean, no one's going to take that seriously. You're sending a message that we're not going to tolerate this? Us? Are you kidding me? We're the prostitutes of the NFL. We're, we are the red light district of the league right now. Look, remember Ben McAdoo in, a, in, in an interview before the season the was asked to what, go through the NFC, and mm-hmm. he said, Washington's Washington. Right. This is what he was talking about. They'll self-destruct. That's an industry view. That's not just a media view. You know, in this red light district, you know what a bigger red flag is as what? it relates to this issue? Is it somebody like me and probably a lot of people like me who have been fans forever don't don't even care about how they handle it? I I saw this, I watched the video. It didn't even occur to me that I would was interested in how they were gonna handle it. <laughs> Seriously. I'm being serious. I couldn't have given a shit yesterday what they did with Monte Nicholson. I never, I don't expect them to to do the right thing ever, but it's gotten beyond that point. And this is the point we've talked about many times over the years, the point of apathy being much worse for the franchise than any other emotion. It's, it's the absence it, of passion. It, there's, it is that I yesterday, you know, I got a bunch of text messages. Hey, you see the Monte Nicholson thing? And I, no, I haven't seen it yet. And I, I didn't go right to it. Maybe an hour later, I waited until I was home. And I didn't feel like looking at him, and I watched it, and I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good punch right there. I mean, I feel sorry for the guy that got hit. It didn't even occur to me to think about or care about how they were going to handle it. And, and in fact, I always read the transcript of the Jay Gruden media meet every yeah, day. Absolutely. And the first six, seven questions were about Monte Nicholson. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't, really, I didn't care what the answers were. I'm being serious, and no one has been a bigger fan for a longer period of time. Th- there may be many people out there that have been as big of a fan, but I'm, I was at the top of the P1 list, <laughs> as we call it in radio, all right? And I don't give a crap about how they handled Monte Nicholson. And I'll tell you what, this game on Saturday, we're going to go through the Friday football motion tomorrow, talk about Redskins beat Titans if... I don't think they have a chance in hell of winning that game. I don't. I don't think they have a chance in hell. I think dysfunction is at an all-time high. I think the people involved in running this organization 
are totally in, incapable of building a, a sustained winner and probably incapable of building a limited winner. And until there are significant changes, and I know no, no one's going to get what you really want, which is a new owner and n- new ownership, you're not going to get that. But until there's a total reboot and something that I can sort of sink my teeth into and say, you know what? I, I'm going to give Kyle Smith a chance. I'm happy they hired Greg Williams. Or I'm happy, you know, I, I had this conversation yesterday about, uh, you know, the pro- a lot of people said to me they, they, they're going to have to keep Jay. And those people may be right because it's such an undesirable place to come that you're not going to get the choice of the best candidates. So I said, if that's true and there are too many openings in whatever the number of openings there are, let's say it's seven, uh, the Redskins are going to be at the bottom of the list yes. in terms of the ca- the top candidates and where they would prefer to go. And so I, so I started thinking, well, if you're bringing Jay Gruden back, Alan, Bruce has to go. But if, if they're bringing Jay Gruden back, you know, hire Todd Bowles for me. Get me a real defensive mind and defensive, you know, disciplinarian and guy. Hire, I mean, I think Greg Williams now is going to get a head job. He may be the coach in, in Cleveland next year. But give me Ron Rivera. You know, give me somebody on the defensive side where where they're going to be coached up a little bit better. I, I, I just I don't have anything I can sink my teeth into right now. I have no. I'm at that point. I don't have much hope. Where's the hope Here's that they're the, gonna, they're going to beat Tennessee and Philadelphia? No, no, they're not. No, they're not. I got news for you. They're not beating Tennessee and Philadelphia. Here's the, well, you know, you're 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 taking the glow off my Josh Johnson. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm still bathing in Josh Johnson. <laughs> Josh Johnson. I am glory. rooting for him. I mean, you know, we still got a couple of days before reality yeah, sets. Saturday in. at four thirty, I'm going to be rooting <laughs> for number eight. Okay. I am. I like him, and I like his story, and he is, as you said, potentially a Christmas miracle. Yes. Now that said, there is one. There's one road for hope for the Redskins fans, and it's such a disgusting, despicable road. I'm almost tempted not to bring it up. Bring it up. It's the Jerry Richardson road. Oh. It's your hoping. You know, oh, oh, uh, you, know, oh. you mean in terms of what fans hoping that, that Snyder does something so stupid that he's forced to sell the team? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That, that's your only hope. My big picture is big reboot. And it's going to come with Dan Snyder owning the team. And as I've mentioned multiple times over the last few weeks – there's going to have to be some sort of an epiphany that he has, and the the delusion needs to be erased, and reality has to set in that he is the owner of one of the worst professional sports franchises in North America. And it just happens to also be a franchise that has the potential, the potential to be one of the best. But right now, under his leadership... And his ownership, it has it has at various times been close to the worst in professional sports. It's certainly been in the bottom quarter of franchises in professional sports in terms of the way it's been run. But right now, in this moment, you could argue it's one of the three or four worst run, worst franchises in all of professional yes, sports in our country. Right up there with the Knicks and James Dolan. Yep, right up yeah. there. You know, by the way, let's do a little football real quick. 
real football stuff. Can we wait on that? Because Scott Van Pelt needs to get on now. Let's get on for Mr. Van Pelt. All right. Let me first tell you about uh, Farish Chrysler Dodge. Because remember, we've got the NFL Power Poll coming up. So you can save all your NFL Goody. talk for then. And I've got, I've got some things for you, too. Uh, Farish Chrysler Dodge Jeep in Fairfax should be on your list if you're considering something new. They make it easy for you. Ralph Perkins, Kevin Farish. For a decade plus, they supported uh, the radio shows we were involved in, and now they're supportive of this podcast. They're smart. They know what their customers want, and they make it easy for you. I talked to Ralph over the weekend, uh, and he's actually uh, on vacation uh, in Florida for a few days. He's usually in the store, um, but he took a few days off. But he emphasized right now over this final you know, 9, 10, 11 days of December that they've got the best rebates they've had all year long. They're trying to get rid of all of their inventory before the end of the year so they can bring in new shipments of vehicles post-January 1. And that means great deal opportunities for you. Plenty of inventory on the lot right now. Whatever you're looking for, you'll likely find it in the make, model, and color and be able to drive it home that day. Specifically, they've got the best deals of the year on the Ram pickups and then the Jeep Cherokee, the Jeep Grand Cherokee and the Jeep Wrangler. If you like this show and you're thinking about buying something new and it's a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Subaru, they've got a Subaru dealership out there as well, head out to Farish and Fairfax and I promise that it'll work out for you. They're located right there in Fairfax Circle. Ask for Ralph when you get there. He'll put you in touch with their best salesperson and take good care of you. You can also find out everything Farish has in stock right now. Live inventory, live pricing, and their best deals at farishcars.com. All right, it's Thursday. Uh, Scott Van Pelt joins us uh, every Thursday, and he's with us right now. Uh, I do want to talk some NFL with you in a moment, but did you see the bad beat last night, Duquesne and Penn State? Did you see what happened oh, yeah, in that we, game? Uh, oh, yeah. We, we, it's our job, Kevin, to see that. It's our, it's our, we're the stewards of, yes, of you are. things, aren't we? Uh, and when we heard about it, it was like, all right, well, let's see how bad it is. And then you see how bad it is. And it's a, uh, I mean, that's, that's on the short list of, of all timers. Um, when you get a foul call and, and the problem was the, the first technical was terrible. It was just, it was just, it's just way too quick a whistle. Keith Gambrot, their head coach got mad about a block charge, but you got to understand this, the, the moment you got to understand. Tell the, everybody the what happened that, that missed it. Okay, so it's a tie game, Duquesne and Penn State. So in, in the grand scheme, is this a bigger game for Duquesne or Penn State? Obviously for Duquesne. They've just tied the game at 67. Um, there was a block charge call on with like five seconds left. Penn State took the ball to the basket. They called block. Penn State, uh, Duquesne's coach, Keith Dambrock, goes nuts and waves off the call and immediately gets a technical. Now, after the first technical, now he's really pissed, and rightfully so and continues to hoot and holler, and gets a second technical. So if you're doing the math on this, you're going to get two free throws on the block charge. You're going to get two, uh, two free throws for each technical. And uh, Penn State made all six free throws. Now, why does that matter? Well, what matters is Duquesne was getting five points in the game. <laughs> so it's a tie game. Duquesne's plus five, six free throws with five seconds left. And then when Duquesne went to inbound the ball, uh, they didn't. It, it kind of got knocked around by Penn State. People were rolling around on the floor. Of the game ends, and you just you just got crushed if you had Duquesne plus five. Yeah, one of the worst beats ever, Tommy. And it's one of those situations. If if 
you know, if you've bet uh, for a long, long time, like Scott and I have, and like others who are uh, are encouraging people to bet now that it's legal in D.C. who haven't actually bet, you actually are in a position at 67-67 if you've got Duquesne plus the five. I think it was five and a half uh, in, in, in most spots. Um, but you're in position there to lose the game if it goes to overtime. You want it to end in regulation. I've lost so many games where I'm getting plus five, plus six, because the game goes to overtime and, and you sure. lose by six or seven. So if you're watching that game and you've got du- Duquesne plus, you're okay with the foul call, and you're actually okay with the first tech. It's the second tech that kills you because the first tech now you got four free throws and you got a chance, a pretty good chance for that game to end in regulation with five seconds to go as a four point final or maybe a one point final if they hit a three or a two point final if you hit a two, but you're in better shape of not going to overtime and losing. It was that second technical that made it one of the worst, worst beats or one of the best wins you've ever had if you had Penn State leading yeah, the I- number. I made the point, Kevin, on the show last night. I said, listen, if you had Penn State tonight, then what you need to do on Christmas is you need to take all your gifts back. <laughs> you need to get the money for the gifts, and you need to give it to charity to square it with, the, with karma <laughs> around the universe. That's, that's what you have to do. Those are the rules. I didn't make the rules, but those are the rules, and everyone knows them. <laughs> um, on your segment, I think we've talked about this before, Bad Beats, which has become so popular on your show. Um Mm-hmm. You and Steve both do it so well. It's highly entertaining. I know we've had this conversation off the air. I don't think we've had it on the air. On how much do you feel, especially now that sports gambling is becoming more legal, and we're going to have more and more people involved in betting? How much more explanation on, as an example, totals? Do you think is required for the majority of the audience watching? That's an interesting question because you, you're right. Not everybody is as familiar with it as those who've been in, in the game, so to speak, for a while. But what I, I can't treat the segment like gambling talk for dummies because the, the majority of the people who enjoy the, the segment get the segment. So I can't really slow the car down so that the people like, well, wait, I don't understand. What's a total? I, I'm not doing the show that segment for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. So I, I don't. I'm not trying to get everybody up to speed. I just assume that if I say over under, you can figure it out. And if you can't, well then, well just hang on for a minute. We'll have a highlight that's for you in a second. I, I just, I think, I think most of it's fairly understandable. And but but the, but the bigger picture you that you paint, and the bigger question I think that, that comes up now is as things happen, as are you know the. the they paved the way in D.C. for more people to bet, is that people need to understand what it is they're getting into if they're just sort of, if they've casually talked around at the office about it. And, you know, old Dave really knows the NHL. Okay, well, just <laughs> I just want Dave to be careful before he starts, you know, taking the 401K and, and betting it nightly on the Canucks. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's not a proposition that's going to work out for you. Uh, well, well, Scott, if, if that's the case, uh, wouldn't it behoove you to try to educate these people in Washington uh, as to the proper way to, to uh, you know, to, to bet and bet with your head and all that? And wouldn't the best way to do that to be a partner with me and Kevin in the sports book that we're going <laughs> to open here in town? You know, $5,000 gets you a, a license for two years, buddy. That's pocket change. Really? Yes. 
Five thousand dollars for, for but, a but two year does. license. But again, Tommy, it's not to become the house. It's just but, to but, be able to no, offer it. No, for re- well, for retailers, I mean, I can't figure out I understand for the arena what the attraction is, but the five thousand dollar license is for retailers. What are you gonna pack the menu with? Cheese sandwiches? Is that going to be it? I mean, you, chicken you, tenders, chicken tenders, and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> um, People that bet love chicken tenders. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I. Look, it, it's funny because it sounds so hypocritical for people like you and I to to give out warnings about about gambling because we love it so much, and it's probably been over the years. You and I, who have been close, close, close friends for thirty years now, it's probably been twenty percent of the conversation that we've had over the years, and that may be high, but it's been a significant part of the conversation that we've enjoyed over the years together, and that's part of the the fun of betting is is the conversation about it and 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 the friendships that you create because of it. But it really it bothers me when I when I hear people who know nothing about how addictive this is and about how incredibly lucky you have to be to win occasionally that it's not well, I, a, it's not a it's not a game of skill all right and no no, no it's no, it, it no, is it is no, mostly no. a game of chance and they love yes. it they and love people, to paint it as a game game of skill okay well look this is this is all about you know how you can you can use analytics and like and as right. if that means that the gate, as if that means the gate to the uh, the back door to the candy shop is unlocked. Come <laughs> take all you want. That that's not that isn't how it works. And I mean, listen, I started this segment last night, Kevin, with with Penn State and Duquesne, and I just the first words out of my mouth were never bet because, <laughs> because this is and and and. and I, I have, I've said a million times in you know different interviews when people ask me about bad beats because everybody seems to enjoy it so much. Um, the the point I make is isn't it a weekly sort of don't ever bet? Isn't this a, isn't this instructive about how difficult it is to win? Isn't this? I'm not painting this as some glamorous thing that you should just go do. I'm not I'm not encouraging anyone to do it. I'm just telling you. If you do, and a lot of people enjoy it because it is, it, it's, it makes the game more interesting to some people, and it also is this maddening, impossible chase where you might have the team. Like if you had Duquesne throughout that game, you had what we would call the right side. It, like they were clearly the right side. It was a competitive game, and they they should probably win whether they won on the floor or not. They should win the bet. Well, they don't in the end. Because that's what happens. And your analytics can be in your favor, and you still don't win because that happens. And so the, the notion that you could game the game with your computer models and whatever else, the, there are people out there. There are the, there are the syndicate types out there that, that have, are brilliant people. But we're talking about the 1% of the 1% of the 1% that can do that. Most of, most of the, the hacks like us, we're just trying to win fifty three percent just to be even. That's all you're trying to really do. <laughs> yeah, and that and the syndicate of the syndicate and the one percent of the one percent of the one percent um, is it, it, it's even even they don't get cut off. They may get limited. The very few, and as you and I both know, because we know a lot of people on the other side, th- this is a a group of people less than two dozen on the planet. Um, they Correct. don't get cut off. 
They get limited. You and I have been limited betting college hoops before. Uh, but they, they, they don't get cut off. The House is not going to stop taking even their action when it comes to the NFL or college football Saturdays um, because they, they know. And I mentioned this yesterday. Look, if you think that you've got it all figured out, just understand it's already been factored into the price. All right. The, of course. Uh, the other of course. side. Uh, the other side knows what you know. Well, you but, guys, This is what you guys need to do. You need to contact the DC Lottery and say, "Hey, why don't you have Scott Van Pelt and Kevin Sheehan do a scared straight video? <laughs> we could do it. <laughs> I do every Monday. It's called Bad Beat. <laughs> but 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 you know what? That scared straight video of the guy that's been in prison and dealt with all that goes with a prison. We've been in prison. <laughs> Uh, we've 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 taken our lumps over the years, as has anybody who's ever bet. Yes, and the people that tell you that they ha- they always win, they don't. They're lying. Um, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Uh, anyway, uh, NFL. Uh, yeah, it's it's actually I Tommy and I had this conversation the other day, and I want your thoughts. I think well, you and I had this conversation. I'm pretty sure after the Chiefs Rams game, and I think we both agreed that that wasn't what the NFL was going to become. You know, contrary to popular belief, uh, and a lot of people said, there's your NFL. That's the future of the NFL. And sure enough, we get Dallas over New Orleans. We get the, the Bears over the Rams. And we get um, what we saw on Monday night, a 12-9 game with the Saints involved. I am a believer right now that this year, and it, we don't have this every year, but there are really, really good defensive teams. We don't have this every year, but we've got four or five exceptional defensive teams, and I think they can win and get to the Super Bowl. What do you think? Um, I think that the Bears' defense is excellent. but it, 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 Let me back up. To me, this is a question of trust, and this is how I framed it on the show the other night. I, obviously, if there's a lot to love about that Bears uh, defense, uh, I worry if Eddie Jackson can't go because he's a big part of it. But there's a lot to love about the Bears defense. But do you trust trust to Trubisky to not make a mistake in the playoffs? I think it's hard to know yet. Um, there's a lot to like about that Saints defense, frankly. They're statistically, they've been good, and they'll be at home. They'll be in that building where I think it's a combination of the defense, but – you know, obviously you got Drew Brees on the other side, um, but I don't know that the teams are going to win a title with defense. I mean, I, I guess I'm also thinking, Kevin, the last Super Bowl we saw where, where Philadelphia and New England punted once in the entire game. Right. You know, uh, are we going to see are we going to see playoff games that are 54-51? No, I, I don't think in a million years we're going to see that. But I don't I don't know that we're going to see another Dallas. New Orleans, what was that final? 14-10? That was, that was 13, a final 13-10. Oh, that's right, that's right, because Breeze got picked and they just needed a field goal. Um, it, 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 I think that we'll see, we'll see offenses pick back up. I think we'll see New Orleans' offense pick back up now that they're not on the road. I mean, three straight road games and Breeze has never been as good on the road. But uh, it, I'd be worried about the Rams' offense because they, they've got guys that are hurt. They lost Cup. That changed things. Um, Seattle at home this week, uh, Kansas City on the road. They've been They've been kind of brought back to the middle some um i get this is a rambling answer this isn't answering your question i just you don't get to play you don't get to play garbage defenses in, in the uh in the playoffs so i mean i just don't think you're going to see games with totals in the 70s okay, that that isn't happening 
I, I guess I guess more because when you mentioned New Orleans' defense, um, I I agree with that. I think they're actually much better defensively than we thought early in the year, and their home well, field their home field advantage right. will be the best in the postseason. So I would still favor them to win two games at home and get to the Super Bowl. But as we've watched over the last few weeks, I. I am giving Dallas, I am giving Chicago, I am giving now Minnesota because they now have, since Everson Griffin's returned and they've gotten a bit healthier, they have a championship defense. Um, I'm giving the Chargers for sure. They're the most complete team, but I'm giving Houston a chance. If Baltimore gets in, last year if Baltimore had gotten in, that would have been the best defense in the playoffs if they had gotten into the postseason. And I don't know that they're going to get into the postseason because they've pretty much got to beat the Chargers on Saturday night to get in. But I would give Baltimore, even with their unorthodox approach to offense right now, I just think that some of these teams, one of them is going to emerge, and that the teams that have great offense that don't have good defense, like the Chiefs, are going out early. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I I, I agree with that. Um, I, I agree with that, and it was that that Chiefs Rams game was certainly a lot of fun, and everybody watched. And thank you for that. But you know, we've seen the Rams really look ordinary in these last few weeks, and you know, I I think that that. Chiefs meltdown the other night was kind of a one-off. I think it was just because they were facing the guy in Phillip Rivers, who in many ways is unique, and there's really nobody else like that guy out there uh, slinging it for the Chargers, and I love that team. I, and I, 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 always, do I always do. I always do because of Rivers. Yeah, you I and mean, I both. There's something yeah. about the guy. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> I, don't, I don't think you're just going to go outscore people 48 to something and, and win three playoff games in a row. <clears throat> Uh, last thing I had Loxley on the show last week. Um, he's great. He can, I mean, you, you can, you can totally tell when you have a conversation with this guy, why he connects with so many people, um, on so many levels. How did they do yesterday? Uh, it's, it's a short turnaround from his hiring to, you know, the early signing period, but how did they end up doing yesterday? Uh, recruiting wise. They only took a few players yesterday, which people are going to be like, how could you only have a recruiting class of six guys? Well, because this isn't the end. This is just the early signing day, which is a new thing in college football. But what's sticky about this is that he comes in and inherits the, the, the commitments that were commitments to other play, to the uh, former coaching staff. And as an example, there's a, there's a quarterback from out, up here in Connecticut, as a matter of fact, last name Summers. Uh, my guy Stanford Steve has seen him play a bunch. They won the state title. He had like six touchdown passes in the in the title game. But he committed to play for Canada, and he did not sign yesterday. Now it doesn't mean that Maryland couldn't decide in the end. Well, we're our, this coaching staff wants to keep you, but I don't know that they're going to. That's just one example of a commitment who didn't sign yesterday. There were several who didn't. Um, but there are also some local kids, Kevin, who are local who are committed to play at other programs that didn't sign. Um, notably, there's a there's a kid at um, Dematha named Cross. He's a safety. He's a Florida State commitment. There are people that believe maybe he'll decide to stay at Maryland. So, how'd they do yesterday? Not well at all. But they weren't. That that's not the end of the class. The the bulk of the recruiting that he will do will come after the playoff in a like two-week frenzy before the February signing period. So I don't think you'll be able to judge reasonably his impact on recruiting with this class because there's such a small window. But the 2020 class locally is excellent, 
and I think that's where you're really going to see his ability to connect with, with people. Um, and I agree with you. I've known Locks for a long time. I was very vocal that whatever went on in New Mexico, and every, of course that gets brought up and blah, blah, blah. That, that was 10 years ago he got hired there. Um, he will kill it at Maryland. He was the guy for this job, and I'm, I'm thrilled that, that Maryland was able to look past the past and recognize what the future can be with him in there. You don't agree. No, I don't agree. I, I'm, I I'm just the opposite, but you know, I'm not a Maryland fan. So I understand, and listen, I understand people are going to point to this stuff, and I know what they're going to point to, and I get it. I understand all that, and um, I... And I, and I, I made this point, uh, Tommy, to people like that. If you're not a Maryland person, you don't get it. But you know what? None of the people, none of the people, and and I would challenge you on this. When he was a coach at Maryland, did you bring up any of this? Because he's been a coach at Maryland since New Mexico. Did you have all this outrage about his past and why he shouldn't be there when well, he was the coach? Because he's been a Scott, coach at Maryland since then. That that was before a player died in the program. Okay, the rules have and, changed. The rules so have changed the, forever. Mean? For Maryland, so and, and and people so, so haven't that, gotten it yet. How does that impact him in New, in New Mexico? What's that got it to impacts do everybody who comes to work for this program from now on. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the fact that Locks and that young man's father are are actually uh, are actually friends, and, and Mc, Marty McNair came to there to, to show his support for Mike Loxley. This is a guy that lost his – Mike Loxley lost his son, too. Didn't have to. A horrible circumstance. He's familiar with losing a child. I, lost I, a child of violence. I understand I mean, all that. Uh, my, gut react, my gut feeling is if something goes wrong with the program, this is a cover-up guy. A cover-up guy? A guy who will cover it up. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, listen, I'm just going to say – I'll just say – I. I disagree with you as as vehemently as I can disagree with you, and I'll just leave it at that. I, I think. And by the way, uh, I on. mean, if we really wanted to have a talk about this, what what's what still is it's almost criminal is that Damon Evans is still the athletic director. And why is that criminal? That's I'm not, gonna, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just you curious. read the report, uh, the independent report about what he was doing. I mean, he was backstabbing. He was backstabbing a bad, a, maybe a bad AD, but he was still backstabbing him. He showed no interest in overseeing the program, what whatsoever, and did again talk about cover up. Did everything he could to cover it up. I mean, the fact that Damon Evans is the AD still taints the whole uh, Maryland football. But nobody wants people have have grown tired of it. They they want to move on. They want to embrace Loxley, and I don't really have a strong opinion about it. One way or the other. Yes, you do. You've had no, a I strong. Don't. Well, you've had. Well, a, I did. You wrote I did. a column about it. I, I wrote a, a few columns about I it, think, but that I, was before they hired Mike Loxley. I, I, I haven't written about that. I think what Maryland did, um, and actually, I think that they kowtowed a bit too much because I think there was some preference um, to bring back Durkin, who, by the way, and I don't think we've mentioned this over the last week has been hired as a consultant no, by Nick Saban. No, he wasn't hired as a consultant. Oh, he's not hired. Well, okay, so he's not being paid, but he's consulting Nick Saban. Uh, actually, he's... For he, no pay? He's coming, he's looking at the program, okay. He's uh, which is which, which something that Saban does. He invites coaches in to, uh, or coaches uh, come ask him to come look at the program. Um, I think that the, the, the Maryland made what was the best decision for Maryland. And if people in the media have a problem with that, who cares? They, they're the ones that have to live with the consequences, economic and otherwise, of the people that they hire and fire. And because there's outrage over this guy's resume, most of it from 10 years ago, and as Scott points out, he's worked at Maryland in the interim. And 
your your retort to that of if things are different now because somebody's died, that's your opinion and it's not unreasonable. But I can just tell you this, Tommy, if they didn't hire him, um, it would have been worse for them. In, in, in the current environment for that school, not hiring him would have been worse for the program and for everybody affiliated with the program moving forward. And, and that's the part of it that I don't, you got to take some time to look into, but they would have had a program that would have been DOA had they not hired him. I didn't want, I didn't want to do this again. I know. Okay. But I just I, I think that you know when you're making decisions that, that are in the best interest of the school, that many of those decisions end up being economic related, and you can say you just do the right thing, but the right thing sometimes can cost you, um, you know, in that particular situation even more down the road. I I didn't want to get into this either. Uh, anything else you want to say? No, I just I think that we can I think that we can disagree on this, and it's clear that we do. And 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 time, as it always is, will be the barometer yeah. for, for what will happen. And so, um, I, I I make no apologies to anybody for the fact that I supported him and that I'm rooting for him because I root for Maryland and support what it, whoever the coach is. So, uh, I'm hopeful with that, and uh, I'm uh, I wish everyone happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and. May there be no bad beats under your tree, and, uh, <laughs> we'll talk, and we'll talk. We will talk again soon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Talk to you later. Scott. Thanks. <laughs> Merry Christmas, fellas. Scott Van Pelt, everybody. If you're listening to this show and other people want to listen to the show and they don't know how to listen to the show, just tell them to go to the KevinGianShow.com, please. I had a conversation with Big Tony last night. Really? Yeah, Big Tony called. And, Boy, it's and, been years since I've talked to him. Oh, he, I mean, I talk to him at least once a week. Big Tony is is a massive Steelers fan. He's, he, he was pushing Jalen Samuels. He's like, they don't need Le'Veon Bell. They don't even need James Conner because Jalen Samuels, the guy that, that ran wild last week against the Patriots, is so awesome. But um, he, uh, I said, have you been listening to the show? And he said, I can't listen to the show. <laughs> and I said, yes, you can listen to the show. And... Big Tony's like a lot of so a lot of you out there, um, or a lot of the, not you out there that are listening to the show, but you know people who are like Sheehan and Lavero are, are back on together. Where? How do I get it? Yeah, just go to iTunes. How do I do that? What do you mean a podcast? And so many people just are intimidated. They're intimidated by yes, podcasts. Yes, I don't they get are. it. But anyway, all you got to tell them is just go to the KevinSheehanShow.com. It's really easy. And when you go to that website, they all, all of those people are on the web all the time for, for porn in particular, but for other things as well. <laughs> and just tell them to go to the KevinSheehanShow.com and there's a big old blue button with an arrow on it that says play and they can listen to it. Uh, and those of you that are listening to it on iTunes and other places where you can rate the podcast, um, it helps if you rate it for us. Uh, subscribe first. There's no cost. And then just um, review it and rate it. That's a big help to us. And, and remember, on efforts your, on on the revenue side, on your iPhone, there there's a podcast app. It's it's right there. It comes with your iPhone. It does. And all you got to do is hit that, and then uh, when in the Kevin search Sheehan. thing, Kevin Sheehan, and it'll come right up. Come right up. Uh, all right. Before we get to your favorite part of the week, which is the NFL Power Poll. You and I both wanted to have a conversation about J.P. Finley, who on his podcast, great podcast, um, mentioned the possibility that if somehow Josh Johnson and the Redskins were to pull off a win uh, on Saturday at Tennessee, that Colt McCoy may be ready to play health-wise, and that more likely than not the Reds—am I saying this correctly? More likely than not the Redskins would start Colt McCoy in Week 17 against the Eagles. 
if that, Josh Johnson won the game on Saturday. That's the way I understand it. Now, obviously, we everybody knows, everybody uh, within 500 miles knows that I'm one of the biggest Colt McCoy fans out there. I know. If Josh Johnson beats manages to preside over a win over the Tennessee Titans on Saturday, there's no way you can take him out of the game and bring in Colt. I don't care how much you love Colt or how much you think you have a better chance of beating the Eagles with Colt McCoy. You cannot take Josh Johnson, the biggest story, the biggest inspiration, the only ray of decency on this team who manages to win two games or at least not lose two games that you, that people expected you to lose, and then put him on the bench for Colt. You can't do that, right? No, you can't bench him. I um, so D- JP and I were tweeting back and forth with one another earlier this morning about this, and I'm just looking for the exchange real quickly because and look, I I get it. You know, I you know in in a way what the, what it would do, it would actually reinforce what I've been saying for years. As to how much Jay Gruden really loves oh, he does. Colt McCoy. Yeah, so um uh you know, I just basically said, look, I don't think there's much of a chance that they're gonna beat Tennessee in the first place, but there if they do, there's no chance that Colt McCoy would start. And and I just essentially, you know, sent something back that said, unless of course Bruce says so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with with a wink a winking emoji. And JP said, "There's a lot of support for Colt in the building, and it starts with the head coach." More importantly, though, I don't I don't understand the rush for this conversation. Let's see what happens in Nashville. The cart has fully lapped the horse. No, I get it. I I and I. I was saying I was having fun with it as much as anything else because I don't personally believe that the chances of winning at Tennessee are very great anyway. So this is going to be a conversation that's not worth having. But if Josh Johnson played well Saturday and they beat Tennessee, he's going to start against the Philadelphia Eagles. The locker room will demand it. As much as they love Colt, and I'm sure Colt would probably say, you can't take this guy out now. How do you come back that quickly from a fractured leg? Or well, tibia. He, he, ha- he didn't have a I fracture. Know, whatever. He it's had a, a crack. I know. He had a crack. It was not broken. It was right. a crack. You know? Look at look at You banged your head on a speaker <laughs> at the old radio station, and you played so Colt McCoy can play. And you know what? Here's the other thing, Kevin. If they don't beat uh, Jacksonville, if they don't Tennessee. beat Tennessee, what's the point of playing Colt McCoy in the last there game isn't. then anyway? No, there so isn't. there's no reason. Well, actually, there's still a chance. They could lose to Tennessee and still get that's, into the playoffs as a wild card. That's and, so and bizarre. We, that's, ju- we just created that. That's if, so true. If he were to – let me – I don't know why I didn't think of this. Okay. The, the king of playoff scenarios. <laughs> okay. If they – and the reason I didn't think about it is because I don't care. I just told you that a little while ago. <laughs> it's not as, as important right now because I want the reboot so much. But if they were to lose to Tennessee and Josh Johnson played poorly, threw two picks, fumbled once, and they got run 34-7. to But Philly lost to Houston and Seattle lost to Kansas City and Minnesota all, lost to Detroit. All real, well, the Minnesota losing No, Detroit. that's possible. That's, it's on the road. They're only a four-point favorite, five-point right. favorite. All those things Shakes are possible. Five and a half now. So then all of a sudden the Philadelphia game has meaning and Colt McCoy's healthy? Yeah. Yeah. That, that would okay. be the situation. You're, you're right. You could you could actually there see Colt go. McCoy. If back Colt in the McCoy line. can play, he's got to play in that game. But 
But we don't expect that to happen. We expect Josh Johnson to wash all over us this weekend <laughs> with with goodness, as you no, said the other no, day. No, no, I said that goodness stops at four thirty on Saturday. Oh man, it would it would actually be a phenomenal story if he went out and played well and they won the game as a ten point underdog. Yes, it would. Uh, I um. I think we've talked about everything that we need to talk about Redskins related, right? Yeah, let's get to the dentist. Oh, no, no, Joe let's... Flacco, Joe Flacco. Oh, okay. The Joe Flacco odds came out uh, yesterday on Bavada. Um, what The odds on where Joe Flacco will be week one of the 2019 NFL season, guess who the favorite is? I know who the favorite is because I was on with Chad Dukes yesterday afternoon, Wednesday afternoons. I'm on with Chad on 106.7 Fan. You can also hear me with Andy Pohl on Saturday mornings, 9 to noon, on 106.7 The Fan. Uh, Chad, they came out right when I was on Chad's show, and we talked about that the fact that the Washington Redskins are the number one team They're favorite. the favorite. And They're I, plus 220 on Bovada. That's the favorite, okay? So that's just a little bit more than two and a half to one. Uh, just a little bit more than two to one um, at, at plus 220. The Jaguars are the second favorite at plus 240. And then it's the Dolphins, Raiders, Giants, and Bucks. But the Redskins are the favorite right now for Joe Flacco. C- go ahead. Finish your thoughts. Well, my, I, I did something that I know you, you, is sacrilegious to you, but I suggested that the people in the desert might not really have all the information necessary to to make that that kind of reasonable like salary cap yes yeah they can't uh, well that was going to be my number one answer that's it they can't afford to they can't afford flacco yeah like so i said that to somebody yesterday and they said to me what do you mean they can't afford flacco flacco's not going to get a big contract i'm like you're insane of course he is he's going to get a huge contract He's a starting NFL he's gonna quarterback. Have, he's with a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> Wait, he's going to have bitters. You can think whatever you want to think about Joe Flacco there, hon. But he's starting in the NFL for somebody at, you know, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 million bucks a yes. year, 15 million bucks a year. 12 to 15 million a year. Million okay, a year. so that it ain't that ain't happening in Washington with what they owe Alex Smith. Not going to happen. The Redskins really right now in all seriousness are auditioning Josh Johnson because he's the one they can afford. They may not even be able to, well, I think they can afford Colt. They can probably afford Colt uh, for, for another year. But hopefully they're going to draft somebody young. That's the most affordable solution yes. to start next year if you're rebooting the whole thing is to play your rookie if he you know is, if he's halfway ready to play. Uh, but they can't afford Joe Flacco. That's number one. I also wanted to say this, Tommy. Alex Smith, if he can't play football again physically, uh, it's unfair from a salary cap standpoint that teams end up having to account for that and have to, you know, count that on their cap. It doesn't make any sense to me that a player that has a devastating career ending injury, that the team should be penalized for that. It, 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 it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, it's one well, thing. Well, you know what? Maybe. Maybe your hope is that Bruce Allen will come up with some kind of secret <laughs> plan to get out from under Alex Smith's contract, like uh-huh. he did with Albert Hainsworth. Oh yeah, but he didn't in, get in away with that one. In 2010, and maybe you know, maybe the league won't notice. I don't think Bruce fucked that thing up. I oh, don't. he did. I don't. I Thirty don't. teams I'm got not... it right. <laughs> Two teams no, no, didn't. Three. Who was the third? It was the Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Saints. I think. No. There was a third team. 
There no, was a third wasn't. team that got fined. I guarantee you. No, there you, wasn't. I guarantee you there was a third team that got fined. There was not. And we're going to have our crack research staff. <laughs> yes, we are. Look we got it up, looking right, it up now. right now. But there was a $10 million salary cap, salary penalty cap in 2012. Cowboys, and there was a, a, a I think $36 New, I think million. New Orleans, I think New Orleans got no, fined they, something minimal. They got, probably got fined for the uh, NFL strips, Cowboys, and Redskins of salary there cap. There you go. That's the, it. Uh, no, March 13th, 2012. You keep, you keep looking there, research staff. That's it, baby. There's somebody else there. There isn't. I think I think New Orleans no, got find a small no. amount. So two teams got it wrong, and of course the two teams with the aura of self destruction: the Cowboys okay, and the Redskins. I don't want to go down this path okay, anymore. So Joe that's... Flacco is not playing for the Redskins now. The other part of this is most of you who have listened to me before know that I actually am one of the few Flacco fans out there. Yes, you are. I think he has been. Not, he's not an elite quarterback. Never suggested that Flacco is an elite quarterback. But he's, I think he's been, certainly, and it's been proven out, good enough to win the Super Bowl with. And in fact, if you look at their Super Bowl that they won in 2012, that was not a defensive-led Ravens Super Bowl. That was a Joe Flacco offensive-led Super Bowl with him coming up with one clutch performance after another. I've always thought about Flacco that it's the it's that curse of the uncluttered mind you know it's <laughs> he's so oblivious to everything he just yes. he is joe cool in clutch moments he if you look at his road playoff record if you look at some of these games that he's played over the years that have been big games for the for the ravens those are the games that he's played well in he really has played he, well in their biggest games over the years but i don't want joe flacco as the redskins quarterback I, I would much prefer I, – I, well, if you're going to go veteran, I want Teddy Bridgewater if you're going to go in that – because he's got a bigger upside, I think, down the road. But I, I'm ready for a young quarterback that you can build around. Yeah, and, and plus and, they can't afford him. And a dual threat I mean, you guy. can't – you'd be spending almost $40 million on one position. Do you have some information? Uh, not about the about the Saints thing. I think you might be conflating Bounty Gate yes. with the. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. Because that was the, that was the may, exact it, same it time. It may not have been. Do you are, know what? Hey, let me throw the, the something only, out. The only two teams fined or punished under the salary cap were the Cowboys and Redskins. Let me throw out this possibility. Kevin may be wrong. <laughs> How's that? Let me throw that out there. Mm. Kevin may be wrong. I guess I'm wrong. I guess I am wrong. Let's get to the dentist portion of the show now. Hold on for a second. Come on. I'm reading something right now to see if I'm right. Oh, God. <laughs> you, you are so wrong. Hold on. Hold on here. Okay. Uh, sources said that the amounts that the Redskins and Cowboys have been penalized with the cop could... Okay. Uh, the New Orleans Saints and Oakland Raiders are the only two teams that will not receive a portion of the money, but will also not lose any of their cap, according to the sources. All right, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Okay, you're right. <laughs> you're right. The Cowboys and Redskins, I guess, were the only two. I could have sworn there was a third team involved, but uh, you're right. Um, what were we just talking about before then? We were talking about Flacco, but we're about to move on to uh, NFL Power Rankings. Let's do that. Okay. Rank them one to five. It's time for our weekly NFL Power Poll. This show is going awfully long today, right, Aaron? Are we no? No, not as long as the last one. <laughs> not as long as Tuesdays, I'll bet you. Did you see before we get to the NFL power poll that John Gruden signed Nathan Peterman? <laughs> said that he's got a big upside. Yes, he, well, he does have a big upside. Uh, yeah, because he can't he, have he, any more of a downside. He's already reached the downside. <laughs> it's really, 
It's funny about some of those guys that fans watch and they're like, oh my God, he's horrible. And yet coaches will keep giving opportunities to. It's clearly something that coaches and organizations see in somebody and believe in somebody. And And sometimes they're right. And and part of it's ego. Part of it is the guy who thinks they can fix what other people aren't able to. I'm smarter than everybody else. He'll play for me. Do you think Mike Shanahan's going to coach Denver next year? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? I tell you what, it shows how much Elway still really likes Mike Shanahan, wants to recapture that Two of the all-time greatest quarterbacks, uh, John Elway and Steve Young, revere him and think he is a genius offensive mind. But our our organization decided that his record, not Bruce Allen's record now or Jay Gruden's record, that his record (laughs) meant that we had to move on from him. Plus, you know, he hated the quarterback. All right, what's your top five? This is going to be an interesting week. A lot of possibilities. Yes, there are a lot of possibilities. My number five is the uh, are the Chicago Bears, ten and four, and moving up fast. Uh, Mitch Trubisky has has proven to be the perfect quarterback for that defense. I mean, uh, you know, he's not he's having a pretty good season. Twenty three touchdowns for you know for a, a second year quarterback is, is pretty good. Uh, and uh, that may be the team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs moving forward with that defense. Number four are the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I think you're going to be proven right about the Chiefs when push comes to shove. I think defensively uh, they're going to fall apart, and part of that is also Andy Reid's teams usually fall apart in the postseason as well and fall short. So I think you're right about the Chiefs are not going to wind up making it. I'm going to put the Rams at number three. Uh, they seem to be struggling a lot. Something's not right there Something, right now. Something's not right yet, but I still I think you know I, I've got a lot of faith in Sean McVay that he he'll be able to stop it and and recapture what they've been doing to get them into the playoffs. My number two team is the Los Angeles Chargers. There you go. There you go. The talking about teams you don't want to play. The Chargers are definitely that team, and they may have the coach of the year uh, in Anthony Lynn. Uh, and they've got the quarterback that we love uh, in in we uh, love Phillip. I've always loved you love them more, okay. but I've always liked them. Philip Rivers and number one, the New Orleans Saints. And let me just make it clear: I've said this on the show before. I am so rooting for a Chargers Rams Super Bowl. I know you are. I think it's going to be. I think it'd be one of the great stories in Super Bowl history. How about this Josh Gordon story? He's done in New England. He's clearly got issues again. And if New England can't figure out your issues. It doesn't sort of portend anything great for you in the future. He's apparently stepping, he's stepping away, away. From, yeah, stepping away from football to focus on mental health. Right, and uh, according to ESPN, this is an addiction problem, he, right? He was Am a, I right about that? Well, you know, if it's marijuana, it's not an addiction I problem; know. it's a dependence problem, right. probably. Uh, we don't know. I mean, people suspect it's marijuana, and the NFL, you know, is still behind the times on, on marijuana, and eventually. Eventually, you know what? Five years from now, that's something you won't get suspended for. I agree. In, in, in the NFL, uh, and uh, according to ESPN, he's facing a possible suspension uh, to come before he's, you know, so he's kind of preempting it by stepping away. Uh, and uh, he's, you know, he, he's he's had a difficult life. We'll get Tommy's pick on the Redskins Titans game before we finish up the show to get show today. Uh, this is. Uh, Right now, this is a really hard top five to put together because I don't know that the teams that we've had at the top of this list, New Orleans, the Rams, 
you know, in some cases, Kansas City. I just don't know if they're the favorites to go to the Super Bowl anymore. So I, I, I think New Orleans is because of the home field thing, and I think they're a good team. I, I think they, and Scott pointed this out, and this is the interesting thing about uh, the Saints is they're a good defensive team. They they weren't thought to be a good defensive team uh, early in the season, but they are. You know, they've got playmakers defensively, uh, which is interesting. I mean, Lattimore's been a really good player. Uh, Rankins and Cameron Jordan, uh, man, he's a, he's going to be a television star down the road. Have you watched Cameron Jordan in front of a mic before? He's got some personality. Um, you know, Demario Davis, all these guys, they are good defensively. I look at the games they've played here in recent weeks haven't been against offensive juggernauts necessarily, although Tampa was. And they held Tampa to 14, Carolina to 9. By the way, they did shut Cam Newton down. He shouldn't have played Monday night. He couldn't throw the football. Um, but... So I'm New Orleans is my number one team. I'll okay. I'll, I'll, I'll bury uh, I, I'll, I'll I'll bring the lead to the four. Uh, you know, at the front here because to me they've got the best odds of getting to the Super Bowl. So my other four are teams that I think in order have the best chance of getting to the Super Bowl. My number two team is is the, are the Chargers now. I think they've got the second best chance to get to the Super Bowl of all of the teams in the league, and I think part of that is because. I see Kansas City potentially losing Sunday night to Seattle while the Chargers beat the Ravens and then finish up the season with a win against the Broncos to clinch the AFC's uh, West Division and the number one seed overall. I think you're and right. While they won't have a great home field advantage, they won't have to go on the road and play at Arrowhead either. Right. So the Chargers are number two for me. Houston's number three. Really? Yes. I think there's a good chance that your AFC title game is Houston and L.A., the Chargers and the Texans in the AFC Championship game. Those are really the two most complete teams in the AFC. I'm intrigued by Baltimore and what they're doing. I can't wait to watch that game Saturday night uh, to see the, the, the Ravens for the first time with Lamar Jackson against a legit defense. Right. They haven't played any legit defenses. And I know what the, the Ravens' defense is. It is lights out, Tommy. It is a championship Super Bowl defense. Uh, but I think the Texans are so complete uh, offensively and defensively. So I've got Houston three. I've got the Bears four. I think in terms of possibilities to get to the Super Bowl, right now I would bet New Orleans-Chicago is the, is the NFC championship game and Houston Chargers is the AFC title game. And so tied for fifth, I've got a tie, a three-way tie. A three-way tie? <laughs> Boy, just, you should be a boxing judge. I just did that for you. Jesus. Um, but I'll just put the Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Rams as tied for fifth. I'd, I'd, I'd throw New England in there because that's the one team. They are a wild card factor in the postseason because you know they could go to the Super Bowl. Like, are you really going to say New England at – Kansas City or New England in LA against the Chargers or New England in Houston Not this year. against the Texans that they can't win that game. No. Of course they can no, win they that can. game. Not this year. Uh, anyway, um, I do think there are other intriguing teams to watch. You know, I, I still think the Ravens are intriguing if they were to get in. I think Dallas. I think their quarterback will hurt them with a bad break. The coach will hurt them, but they're good enough uh, with enough talent right now to make a run. I don't know that I believe as much in Indianapolis 
even with the way they've played. Uh, if we haven't talked about this, Frank Reich's going to be a really good NFL head coach. He sure looks that He's way. doing a really good job now. He's an outside-the-box thinker. Um, he's a motivator. He's a good X's and O's offensive guy. Uh, you know, another you know guy. What? that He might have been a good Maryland coach. Would have been a great Maryland coach. <laughs> was a really good Maryland quarterback. Wasn't a great Maryland quarterback. Was right. Famous for what he did in the Orange Bowl, down thirty-one nothing at halftime. He's had against two of the greatest Miami. comebacks in the history of, of football. Period. That, that one in nineteen eighty-four in the Orange Bowl, down thirty-one nothing to get to the Canes and led yeah. him back to a forty-two forty win, and down thirty-one-three in a playoff game as the backup quarterback to, uh, Jim, to Kelly. Jim Kelly yeah. uh, when the Bills came back and beat the Oilers. You know, the Boomer, Moon Boomer, Oilers. Uh, really pushed for Frank Reich to get the Maryland job last time around. I know. I know. So. They're, they are very good friends. And, you know, there was a stretch there, the Bobby Ross, uh, you know, Terps, and even the Joe Krivak Terps, where Maryland was quarterback Quar- you. Quarterback you. They kept uh, going the to the NFL. Kept going to the NFL. Uh, all right. All right. Before we uh, end today, who do you like Saturday? Well, you know. We were both we wrong We were both last wrong week. last week. And, and the only reason we were wrong was because Josh Johnson didn't turn the ball over like we thought. I mean, at least that's why I was wrong. I, I I counted on two interceptions. I actually didn't think that they were going to be able to stop Fournette. Well, I, I thought Josh Johnson would throw two interceptions, turn the ball over. He turned in an Alex Smith uh, line. Right. 150 yards passing, no, no turnovers. I don't know if that's going to happen two weeks in a row, but I think it'll be a, a hard-fought game. I'm, I'm saying Tennessee 17-10. Tennessee 17-10. Yeah. Wow, a cover. Yeah. Um, I'll have my pick tomorrow. Andy will be on. You didn't answer my question, though. I was just thinking about this as you were talking because you got so sidetracked with the salary cap thing and being right about the two teams that had the salary cap penalty. Do you agree with me that it's unfair for a team to be hit with 15% of their salary cap on a quarterback that had or a player that had uh, a career-ending devastating injury? I'd have to give it more thought than sitting here in this podcast studio for for two seconds. Look to at think all. About. Look around you. You're you're bathed in <laughs> I, things that can I, help you with thought. I'd have to give something like that a little bit more thought. There are, me, I have no opinion. Let me help you with this. No, I'm going to help you with this. Uh, just it, it, you can take it if you want it, and or you can come back the next time and we can talk about it. There are situations. There if are we're situations. There are situations where teams are irresponsible in signing a player to a much bigger contract with a much bigger risk factor. You know, where you almost say, you know what? You brought that on yourself. That's your problem. You need to eat it because everybody saw that this guy had multiple risk factors, injury factors, off-the-field issues, whatever it you know, is. Uh, but I think there's room for context in this. Alex Smith had an unfortunate potential, we don't know this at this point, career-ending injury, and he's not going to count. The Redskins weren't irresponsible with their contract extension with Alex Smith. I thought it was a bit much for a 34-year-old quarterback, but it wasn't an irresponsible move, and they're going to get stuck with this thing if he can't play, and it's really going to limit their ability to compete. I just don't think it's... I think, Kevin. I think there Kevin. should be situations or some sort of rule... That is created for teams to get relief from that. Not having to pay him. Obviously, they've got to pay him. But to get salary cap relief uh, Kevin, from a situation that, like that. Kevin, the four words that you mentioned are changed the whole dynamic. 
the ability to compete. The Redskins have the inability to compete. <laughs> you mean it doesn't matter anyway? Right. Okay. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you, buddy. We won't be doing a show on Tuesday together because it's Christmas Day, but we will be back together late next week on Thursday with a show. So Merry Christmas to you and to the family. And this is fun, and it's a lot of fun to do. Scott was great today. Aaron's great producing the show. Tomorrow, I think Cooley will be on with us. Andy will be on with us. We'll do a Football Friday show, and I will summon up enthusiasm for Redskins beat Titans if. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Uh, It'll happen on the show, the segment. I just don't see the Redskins winning. I think I agree with Tommy for a a second consecutive week. Uh, Enjoy it. Have a great holiday.